0: The Joy of M Sports presents The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley.
1: And so complete to swoop. He escapes and dives into the end zone.
0: Another Texas AM touchdown.
1: Welcome to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. Thank you for joining us for another exciting episode on The Sweet Spot, as you just heard that audio from ESPN back in 2012 when the Texas A&M Aggies beat the Auburn Tigers 63-21 in Jordan-Harris Stadium. That was Clay Matvick making the call when Johnny Manziel connected with his receiver Ryan Swope in the end zone that gave the Aggies a 21 to 0 lead in the first quarter. I mean, Texas Anium had three touchdowns before Auburn had a first down. I mean, I, that was uh one of the games you try not to think about, you try to forget and never relive ever again, but that was one where I was there live in attendance with my cousin Darius and Charles and DJ. And, uh, you know, we usually don't leave, leave games prematurely, but we definitely left that one early in the fourth quarter to head back to Madison, Alabama. But, uh, you know, of course, we've been doing the SEC feature this entire college football season. As you've guessed it, this is Texas A&M-Auburn as we're going to preview that matchup between these two schools. You know, originally when the season started, it was going to be Alabama LSU. It was, okay. Whenever Alabama LSU play, that will be the SEC feature for that week. But LSU stands zero chance between those two schools. I think Bama has a 29 and a half uh, point favorite. That's what they're listed as. Bama will probably beat them 54 to, to 10. It's going to be ugly. It's not going to be close. So I'm not going to waste my time, you know, talking about that matchup. But, um, like I mentioned this week, Auburn Texas A&M as the number five Aggies prepare to travel to take on the Tigers in the Plains. And first, you're going to hear from Texas A&M fan and a native of Plano, Texas, Max Hall. Here's what he had to say about the number five Aggies as they prepare to take on the Tigers. Max, welcome to the sweet spot, man. How are you doing today? I'm
2: doing great, Bradley. I really uh, appreciate you having me on.
1: Hey, definitely, man. I know we got a huge matchup with the a and Aggies getting ready to take on the Auburn Tigers, and you know we'll talk about that game a little bit later. But first, man, uh, speak on your affiliation to Texas A&M. All
2: right, so I am an Aggie spouse. So I uh, I've lived in College Station uh, for a little time, for a short while, while uh, my wife and I were dating. Um, went to a school, Sam Houston, just down the road in Huntsville, Texas, and um, so I sort of was uh, brought into the family through my wife. Uh, my granddad went to Texas A&M in the 40s. Um, he didn't get his Aggie ring, didn't get to graduate because of World War II, he left early, um, but I, so I've always sort of had it in my blood, and then uh, obviously that was sort of uh, sealed, sealed the deal when I, when I married an Aggie, so ever since then, I've been following them pretty, uh, pretty closely.
1: Now, Max, uh, has there been any former player that's come through College Station that you know that was kind of one of your favorites when they were playing there?
2: Well, I think um, there's there's probably a couple. So when I first started watching the Aggies, uh, really paying attention to them uh, was uh, probably Dat Nguyen. Um, he was an exciting player, and uh, and then watching him uh, grow in the NFL was was pretty awesome too. Uh, I'd have to say uh, more recent, probably Von Miller. He is just He's a funny guy. I don't know if you've ever, yeah, ever heard of, uh, ever listened to his interviews yeah. or anything else, but he's just a, he's a good human being and he's a beast on the football field. So that'd probably be my other one more recent.
1: Yeah, man. Um, you know, I remember those two very well. Like you said, most recently, Von Miller, who stars for the Broncos. And he's just a fun-loving guy. Anytime he's, you know, whether it's social media or in front of the camera, he just has a good time. Uh, and you can tell that he brings that joy to the Broncos' locker room. And I definitely remember that win as well. You know, he was a third-round pick by the Cowboys back in the late 90s. And, man. Dude, like I remember just – like I said at the time, 99, I'm around 13 years old. And, you know, you, you kind of get an idea of different schools and different talent across the country. But that win was a linebacker that – he was a stud for the Aggies, man. And so, uh, yeah, I definitely remember him and his talents that he had when he was in College Station.
2: Oh, yeah, they brought a lot to the team. And I think they're still – they're still uh, – You know, speaking well on behalf of the university, so it's fun to watch them and just and hear them. And uh, Von Miller, he's hilarious. I think he owns a a chicken farm or something like that. I don't know, but he's he's uh, big. He's active in the community. He's still uh, pretty big around the university, and it's it's a lot of fun watching him.
1: Now the Aggies don't get a chance to play all their rivals like Texas, TCU, Texas Tech back when they were in the Big Twelve. But do you? but they do face Arkansas and LSU each year with conference implications along with bragging rights on the line. With that being said, which SEC team do you absolutely hate losing to?
2: Okay, it'd probably be at this point LSU. And yeah. I, and I'll say that because um, since we uh, entered the SEC in 2012, until 2017 I believe it was, we hadn't uh, figured it out against uh, LSU, I think they might have been the only team that uh, Texas A&M hadn't uh, had a W on. So um, so that was a big one, and it, we just, it got really old <laughs> losing to LSU, especially with the recruiting implications, them being close yeah. to Texas and Houston pulling recruits and stuff. So, um, so probably LSU, I'd have to say. Now, Arkansas, we've had a deep history with them um, through uh, the Southwest Conference uh, from a long time ago. Um so that's always been it that's always been sort of a good rivalry and whatnot, but uh probably LSU I'd have to say. So that was a good win uh last weekend. It uh, wasn't the prettiest one, but it was a it was a good defensive win especially and hopefully get us uh on the right track for uh this weekend.
1: So Matt, you spoke on LSU and how you know they're kinda one of the most hated rivals, not just for the Aggies, but for several teams in the SEC especially. Did you happen to be at that seven overtime game between those two teams,
2: so I was, and it was the best game I've ever been to in my life. So <laughs> it was uh, that was a fun, fun game. We were uh, probably the most exhausted I've ever been at the end. For one, it was one of the longest, if not the longest, uh, football games in NCAA history. Um, but it was just emotionally draining. It was it was exciting. So I remember at the very end. Um, kellen uh there was a controversy whether kellen put his knee down or not um i'll, I'll admit that I, I even stood up from the stands we we're ready to about ready to go game was over and uh we turned around and they're doing the replay and they're like wow well, maybe kellen's knee didn't go down so uh and then that's what that's what it all started from and we were there i don't know probably another uh at least an hour and a half maybe two hours after that so uh seven overtimes it was uh um, it was probably the hardest fought game I've ever watched in my life. And that felt good after losing to LSU uh, every year since joining the SEC and had never cracked that nut. Uh, so that was, that was it. That was, uh, that was a big game. We were able to overcome LSU.
1: Yeah. I can't imagine being at that kind of game. I mean, it's one thing to watch it and I believe it's a whole, you know, totally different uh, set of emotions that go in to play when you're actually there watching it live. And so, for it to be a huge rival, and it goes to seven overtimes, man, I can't imagine the emotions that was running through your body at the end of that game.
2: Oh yeah, the whole crowd, and that was that was it. It was it wasn't just that was first time, first game that I've been to that it wasn't just uh, you know I was excited, but just the entire atmosphere. It was the the place went crazy. It was fun, fun to watch, and Kellen happened to be clicking that night, so it was a good game.
1: Jimbo Fisher is currently in his third season as head coach for the Aggies. You know, I hear a lot of talk from the media and non-Texas A&M fans, but coming from someone who closely follows the program, what are your thoughts so far on Jimbo?
2: So uh, Jimbo, I think he's doing a really good job. Um, obviously, uh, Texas A&M paid a lot of money for him, so there's high expectations. Um, he speaks really well. I, I, I listen to most of his uh um, conferences and meetings that are online that I can. And uh, so he speaks really well. I think he recruits really well. Um, he brings a, a, a very disciplined uh, approach compared to, I think, what we had um, a few years ago before he came in. So he's, I think he's been a real positive impact to the program. But it's it's sort of time, you know, third year, it's sort of time to uh, start making use of uh, s- some of the money that a shelled out for sure. So I think I think he is the right man for the job. Um, it may take a while. Alabama's the hurdle, you know, they're the hard one to uh, to get over. So we'll see. He's got to win that game for sure in the future if we're going to be uh, competitive.
1: Now, prior to Jimbo, of course, we know Cameron Somlin and uh, his tenure down there in College Station. Uh, what separates Jimbo from a guy like Somlin?
2: Well, uh, you know, Jimbo one is that Jimbo, you know, he's he's had a national championship. Um, so he's got that under his belt. Um, he's, so he's sort of been over that hurdle before, so that helps just knowing sort of what it takes, creating a winning culture. Um, I think that may be the biggest part. I mean, obviously he, uh, coached Jimbo did coached under, um, Nick Saban. So he's sort of got, he's got a lot of SEC ties and I think that helps as well. Uh, Kevin Sumlin was very charismatic and he obviously, a lot of people remember he came in on 2012, fell in, uh, and had Johnny Manziel, so he had a really uh, positive, had a great year his first year. I was actually at the Auburn game in uh, 2012 in Auburn um, when, uh, when we played, when Texas A&M played Auburn, the first time we were in the SEC. So um, so I got to see them uh, sort of up close. But, uh, but yeah, I'd say that sort of that winning culture, already having done it, is, is probably one of the uh, biggest advantages for Jimbo.
1: Man, you spoke on that 2012 matchup between Texas A&M and Auburn. I was at that game as well. Uh, you know that was definitely one of the uh, more just disappointing games as an Auburn fan. Period. I remember uh, Texas A&M scoring three touchdowns before Auburn had a first down. Like it was, it was horrible, man. You know that was that three and nine year with Gene Chizik's final season, where the Aggies beat Auburn sixty three to twenty one in that twenty twelve matchup.
2: Yeah, I remember that game, and I think it was raining and cold, or at least drizzling yeah. cold. That's that's what yeah. I remember that game. That was a that was a tough game, and I think I was at the nosebleed section at the very top. So that was, um, but I do remember that game, and that was just an exciting season um, when Johnny Mansell won the Heisman that year. So that was, I mean, it was it was a, it was a good year, good way to enter the SEC, and uh, we didn't follow it up. We were just sort of stagnant after that. Um, had some winning seasons, but yeah, that that stuck out in my mind. Uh, for sure that was that was a big year big game against Auburn and I unfortunately I was at the game in 2017 against Auburn I think it was 2017 mm-hmm. when uh we were up in the fourth uh maybe 10 points I'm trying to remember what it was but and then we just sort of let it go so I was I saw that I saw the opposite end of the spectrum on that one too so that's how football goes though yeah you know?
1: So I'm currently joined by Max Hall, originally from Plano, Texas, currently residing in Dothan, Alabama, to talk about his Aggies as they prepare for their matchup against the Auburn Tigers. Now, Max, talk about quarterback Kellen Mond for a minute. I mean, what excites you and what frustrates you about his game?
2: All right, so when Kellen Mond is, when he's on, he is on. He's clicking on all cylinders. So, And we've seen that. Um, so that's when he when he can do he has a great arm. He can run the ball really well. Um, I think he sees downfield really well, but uh, and so that's probably the best thing about him. He's he's pretty well rounded quarterback. I'd, I'd say one of the most frustrating pieces is his consistency for sure. So, and I think most uh, Texas a fans have seen the the ups and the downs. Um, a lot of times, you can watch the first two drives of a football game um, when Kellen's you know in charge and when he's. When he's trying to drive, and you can tell within those first two drives whether uh, the offensive is offense is going to be clicking in the game or not for sure. So consistency has probably been the biggest thing. Now he's he's a senior; he's been there a while. Um, most of the season, he's been really on; he's been clicking because he had a lot of um, hit a lot of feedback or negative feedback at the beginning of the season. I think people were, you know, if he had a couple games that didn't go Texas A&M way, Texas A&M's way, they were going to. Uh, you know, possibly uh, try to put in King, but um, the backup. But he was doing great. LSU two weeks off because of COVID, and it was one of those deals. He he just wasn't clicking, and I, I pretty much saw it in the first couple drives. Like, oh, this is gonna be a long game. So, luckily, the defense came out against LSU last week and uh, sort of sealed the deal.
1: Now, you spoke about the defense that really balled out the entire matchup against LSU. Going into this weekend's matchup against Auburn, is there anything that concerns you about the Tigers, or do you feel pretty confident in this game?
2: Um, I, I definitely think that if we don't uh, get clicking offensively early, that uh, it's a lot to put on your defense week in week out. So, um, so, and especially being you know for a home game for Auburn, that's never easy. It's never easy. Period in the SEC. So nothing's a guarantee. So that worries me as well. So hopefully we can, uh, or Texas A&M can keep um, Bo Nix on his heels. And uh, I think that'll help us on the the defensive side. And uh, offensively, um, you know, we need to get our run game. And uh, if Auburn's able to stop the run game, Isaiah Spiller, and uh, sort of take advantage of us in that way, then it may be a long game for us.
1: Yeah, Isaiah Spiller is a stud in the backfield. Uh, only a sophomore for the Aggies, so uh, you know, I've had a chance to watch him a few times this year. And he's a guy to, to watch for any time that he's on the field in that backfield for the Texas A&M Aggies. Now, Max, before I let you go, man, um, number five Texas A&M at Auburn, 11 o'clock on ESPN. Give me your prediction on the game.
2: All right, so... Um, I think this week, I think Texas A&M should be clicking hopefully all three phases just like they were against uh, South Carolina. Um, You'll pretty much know in the first couple drives, whether you're a Texas A&M fan or an Auburn fan, if you're watching Kellen Mond, how uh, A&M is going to play for most of the game. At least that's my prediction because he's pretty consistent whether he's good or he's bad. Um, from the very beginning all the way through the fourth quarter. So I think this week coming in with a a hard uh, week offensively that I think Kellum will get his mind right this week. The offensive will be clicking and special teams and defense will be clicking as well. uh, They've got a lot of pressure on their shoulders um, being the number five team in the nation. And so it's it's time to do it. This has been a strange year. It's been a tough year for everybody. But this is the last, I think this is the biggest hurdle that we have facing uh, uh, the last three games. Um, Cause we got two postponements um, coming up, Tennessee and Ole Miss. Hopefully if we get to play them, you know, we're just blessed. I'm just glad to be watching football to be honest with you. So, um, but I think uh, hopefully if they can uh, get over this last little hurdle, then uh, they should be able to ride it in and be in the playoff contention, hopefully.
1: You've been listening to Max Hall, originally from Plano, Texas, currently residing in Dothan, Alabama. Max, thank you for being on Sweet Spot, man. I truly enjoyed having you on the show.
2: Hey, it was a pleasure. Thanks for letting me talk about the Aggies, and um, it'll be great watching football. It's going to be a great game this weekend.
1: Hey, good luck to your Aggies, man.
2: Thank you. (laughs) We'll see you, Corey.
1: You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on
0: the Joy of M Sports. It's more than a game. Care Animal Center is a business ministry partner with the Joy FM. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that's dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is care-animal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan. Phone 334-794-6333. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio and Spa is a proud business ministry partner with the Joy FM. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Now locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp, Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Phone 334-671-POOL.
2: Denny Vision is a proud supporter of the Joy FM, and their number one priority is patient satisfaction. They strive to provide a positive experience from the moment each person walks into the office. Denny Vision has an optical lab to create lenses on site, along with a selection of designer optical and sunglass frames. They focus on promoting good eye health while assisting patients in having the clearest vision possible. Their doctors help see the difference, which is their slogan. Located at 151 East Main Street in Dothan, online at dennyvision.com or phone 334-793-2633.
1: Hey, this is Will Holland for the Wiregrass Kings, and you're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports.
0: Here's the snap to Manziel. Pressure off the edge. He's flushed out. He's running around. He's in trouble. He's going down. The Tigers are going to win. The Tigers are going to win. Johnny Manziel goes down in a heap back at the 44-yard line.
1: Welcome back to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa. As you just heard that audio from... Legendary Rod Bramblett with the Auburn Sports Network when the Tigers upset the Aggies, forty-five to forty-one, during that 2013 game in College Station, a game that saw a total of nine lead changes. D. Ford makes the the game deciding sack to bring down Johnny Manziel as the Tigers were able to fight and scratch and claw their way to a huge victory in Gus Malzahn's first season during that 2013 year. So you heard from Max Hall, Texas A&M fan, native of Plano, Texas. Now you're going to hear from Kirk Holland. He's an Auburn alum, and he currently resides in Dothan, Alabama. Here's what he had to say about his Auburn Tigers as they look to upset the Aggies once again on the Plains. Kurt, welcome to the sweet spot, man. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great, Corey.
1: Man, I'm glad I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm so glad I could have you as a guest on the show.
0: Great. Glad to be on, man. Thanks.
1: Now, Kurt, I understand you graduated from Auburn and have been a fan of the Tigers for quite some time. When you think of Auburn football, what comes to mind?
0: (laughs) The first thing that comes to mind is I remember being a kid. I grew up in a neighborhood of about 21 kids in the neighborhood and three of us were auburn fans and i was crushed to find out that alabama was actually better than auburn and i was probably about six or seven years old and uh, i can just remember oh man i thought auburn was the best you know and and my dad's like nah son alabama's been beating us for a long time so (laughs) (laughs) so it's probably finding out auburn wasn't as great as i thought they were but yeah from as early as i can remember i've been a huge auburn fan
1: so, uh you, you spoke on your dad and and the word we and and us came to mind uh, when you talked about the Tigers. So I take it the entire household was, was Auburn fans?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, everybody was an Auburn fan at my house. Absolutely.
1: Now who are some of the former Tigers, uh, some of your favorites that's come through the plains?
0: Wow, so man, uh I can re- of course Bo, you can't uh answer that question without saying Bo Jackson. I can remember being at that uh, first game, I think they played Wake Forest, if I remember correctly, and that was back when we didn't even fill the stadium up, so I can remember the excitement of, of uh, Bo Jackson, but I remember Lionel James and mm-hmm. uh, Tommy Agee and Brent Fullwood. I actually have I um, I don't know how I came about it, but I actually have a practice jersey, one of Brent Fullwood's practice jerseys. I think um, when I was there at vet school they were cleaning out things at uh Auburn the equipment room or somehow so, anyway and I bought it. So I've got a old Brent Fullwood practice jersey and um so uh those are, you know, Randy Campbell. I remember Randy Campbell and gosh, um <laughs> Lawyer Tillman Lawyer Tillman was the hero of the first game that I the uh, Auburn and Alabama game that I actually got to go to in person. So um yeah, lots of names just fled through my mind.
1: Now, what would you say is the most interesting Auburn game you've attended?
0: Oh, no no doubt about uh, the Auburn-Georgia game. Uh, you'll, you probably remember the year, but the pass. Uh, my son and I, Will, were at that game, and uh, we were just ecstatic. I was like, son, you need to remember this game because games like this do not come around very often. And then the very next weekend yeah. they had the kick six. <laughs> and it was like, I thought you said this kind of stuff didn't happen all the time. <laughs> so yeah, so it definitely that definitely that Georgia game and that tip pass, man, that was just that was so exciting to be there and watch that. So uh that was that was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, that twenty thirteen matchup between Auburn and Georgia, the yeah. prayer and Jordan Hare. Uh yeah, I can imagine being at that game. Wow. I mean, it was insane watching it on television, so I can't imagine how it was to be one of the fans in Jordan Hare than that during that memorable game that we know was a very memorable season overall in general as like you said, the Tigers went on to beat Alabama the next uh the the uh, later in the season in the kick six game and, you know, eventually made it to the national championship as well. Yes. Now uh, there's one game that definitely was not interesting, at least from an Auburn perspective, was the Iron Bowl last Saturday. Now, Ooh, man. what was your analysis of that 42-13 embarrassment the Tigers suffered at the hands what? of the Crimson Tide?
0: Well, you know, I don't mind I, – I, I bleed orange and blue, but I told all my friends, I'm like, I'm going to watch it until they're down by 14, and then I just won't be able to take it anymore, and I'll cut it off. But I, yeah. I did actually watch the whole thing, and, man, we just – Alabama is so good. I mean, they're just so good in every phase of the game. And if you don't bring your very best game – Uh, you're going to struggle and Auburn just didn't, you know, it just looked like uh, we were just flat from the start uh, in my opinion, and just, just couldn't get anything going. And man, they just steamrolled us. I I think every one of their coaches could have been in uh, quarantine and I still, (laughs) I still don't think we could have pulled out a win, man. It was, it was just that uh, that much of a beat down, Uh, but I did, I stuck with it and watched it. And uh, so, yeah, that was a tough, that was a tough one.
1: Yeah, uh, something I mentioned in the preview of the Iron Bowl on uh, last week's episode was, you know, 10 years ago, I would never admit that Alabama would beat Auburn going into a matchup. But I think most Auburn fans knew going into that game against the Crimson Tide that it was going to be a long shot beating them, uh, like you said, regardless of who was in quarantine or not, uh, regardless of where the game was played. You know, Alabama, just like you said, they're a complete team. Um, Well,
0: yeah. In in the thing about, it, you know, we didn't know if Bigsby was really going to play and yeah. then DJ Williams like the I think it was the first quarter, might have even been the first series. I can't remember exactly, but he hurts his ankle and never really comes back and so I mean, you know, that's the that that was a huge, that had a huge impact and and so uh, Alabama just does such a good job at stuffing the running game. Even I don't think their defense is on par with defenses of the past, but still they're so good on defense. It, they just stuffed us.
1: So I'm joined by Kirk Holland, Auburn alum, who currently resides in Dothan, Alabama, with his wife Kathleen and son Will. Uh, Will was a guest on The Sweet Spot back in April. So, uh, yeah, Kirk, I think this is that first father-son duo to be guest on The Sweet Spot, man. So I'm super glad to have you on, and you know, talk about your Auburn Tigers as they prepare for their matchup against the Texas A&M Aggies. Now. Auburn's Bo Nix came in as a five-star recruit. He was a dual threat, uh, number one dual threat quarterback as well. But mm-hmm. his twenty-six career touchdowns and thirteen interceptions have produced mixed feelings and reviews. I mean, to the point where my cousin Darius calls him Bo Picks. <laughs> so <laughs> I heard so, a lot of that. I heard <laughs> a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Kirk, I mean, in your opinion, what's your assessment on the signal caller from Penson Valley High School?
0: Well, I think he's got all the tools, and it's just a matter of um, having the right people around him. I mean, in all honesty, you know, we lost, I think, a, a tackle, right, early on in mm-hmm. the season, so starting tackle. So we haven't had the offensive line that we've had in the past for provide protection, and it almost seems like at times he's a bit gun-shy. You know, he leaves that pocket. Just a tad early, but hey, you know, if you're uh, getting ready to get pounded by a 300-pound guy, you're probably going to try to get out of the pocket. But seems like maybe he just gets out a little too early. Um, and really, you know, it's kind of with the running backs being out. I, I'm sure it's kind of he feels like it's all on his back, and so maybe trying to press and do a little too much. I think he has all the tools, though. Is, you know, at least in terms of my um, my limited uh, understanding of how things work.
1: Now. The Tigers go from playing number one Alabama last week to number five Texas A&M this week as the Aggies get ready to travel to the Plains. Now, this is an Aggies team that leads the SEC in total defense as well. Yes. Are you more fifth in, the conf- nation. fifth in the nation uh against defending the run, twentieth overall in total defense, so they've only allowed four rushing touchdowns all season, and we know how important this rushing game is to an Auburn offense. Now, are you more concerned about what Texas A and M does or were you or are you more concerned about what Auburn's not doing?
0: If I say yes, is that a bad answer? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I mean enough. like so, you look at it, and it's like, I, I look at this game, and I'm like, okay, this is like one of those let's just win one for the Gipper kind of games. Like, it's of all the times they have senior day, we got senior day against Texas who who is, you know, one of the top teams in the country. Um, we just got the beat down by Alabama, and we're, you know, Bigsby's questionable, DJ Williams is questionable. I looked on the depth chart when we talked about doing this, and I, I didn't even recognize the name of the guy who was number four, our fourth running back. So, um, you know, we got Sean Shivers, Yeah. Uh, if I was going to battle, you know, I'd want him on my side for sure. Yeah. But his stature, I mean, he's just not a huge guy. So, um, I think, uh, Texas A&M's allowed, uh, what more than 90 yards rushing, rushing only a couple of times, even this season. So it's going to be a tall, it's going to be a tall order. Um, and I think the only way we can do it, you know, I think we got the edge in the kicking game. Um, but Bo Nix is going to have to have a perfect game man, Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz and Eli Stove are going to have to really perform at their best. And we're going to have to find some way to run the ball. But, uh, man, I, I'm, I'm not sure on paper, I'm not sure how we can do it.
1: So you gave your analysis on what the Tigers need to do to get a W against this number five Texas A&M team. Uh, as they travel to Auburn, the game's at 11 o'clock on ESPN. Give me your final score, man, and uh, I know it can be tough. Like you said, because as an as an Auburn fan, you want to see the Tigers to win, but they know, as you mentioned, they're going against a very tall order in the Aggies. What's your final score and prediction in this game?
0: Well, I'm looking to Auburn to play one of the best games of the season, so I'm looking for one of those uh, uh, one of those games where they can put it all together. But I'm afraid they're going to fall short, and I'm looking for Texas A&M to win twenty-seven to twenty-four.
1: I do think this year will be a very close matchup as well. 27-24, you heard it from Kirk Holland. Kirk, man, I truly appreciate you coming on The Sweet Spot. It's so good to hear from you, man.
0: Thanks for having me. Hey, let's do Waffle House again.
1: Hey, let me know, man, and we'll (laughs) we'll definitely make it happen for sure. All right.
0: Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it.
2: This is TJ Haywood with the Joy FM Sports team, and you're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on Joy FM Sports. Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC.
0: Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college
2: students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org.
1: Welcome back to The Sweet Spot sponsored by Pinch-A-Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa. As we close with today's Triple C segment, Corey's Closing Comments, this is what I want to share with you today. Everything you hear is not for the ear. Who are you listening to? And what that means is everything you hear that comes through your ears, you shouldn't take into your heart. Uh, Some things... You should not receive from a physical standpoint and definitely from a spiritual standpoint um, things that we hear when people talk around us or uh, maybe some music or television shows, uh, different forms of entertainment that may not be good for the spirit or good for the soul. Uh, So sometimes I think it's important that we are fully aware of the things that we allow to go through our ears. Everything you hear is not for the ear. Who are you listening to? What are you listening to? Some of those things need to be done in moderation. Some of those things need to be eliminated altogether. So always remember, who are you listening to? Everything you hear is not for the ear. And as we always say, there's nothing better than being in the sweet spot. Stay in the sweet spot on the Joy FM Sports
0: Facebook page. This has been a presentation of the Joy FM Sports. It's more than
1: a game.